Well, good morning. Yeah, this, that, was, that was good. That was good. I heard a couple of you. Good morning. All right, it's a little better. Um, is it the rain? What's going on here? Uh, good morning. Oh, that was better. That was better. Just having a little fun with you guys uh, this morning. Uh, I am not Pastor Philip, and I can't see anybody in the room now. Uh, so, so let's get some light. There we go. That was, that was perfect. Um, if this is your first time here, uh, I am not Pastor Philip. Please come back. Uh, we do want to welcome you here, though. We are so thankful that you are here this morning to worship with us um, and to spend time as a, as a family with us. This is family here. So, so just thank you. Uh, if, if this is your first time, if you've been coming multiple times and you keep on coming back, uh, just thank you so much uh, for worshiping with us this morning. Uh, next week, uh, Seth will be preaching, and then Philip will be back. He'll actually be back next week, but, uh, but he's not preaching, coming back from his, his well-deserved uh, getaway with his family, so to be praying for them. Um, this morning, I have a question for you to start off with. Um, what is the greatest risk that you've ever taken? Greatest risk that you've ever taken. Think about that for a moment. It's the greatest risk you've ever taken. Um, if, if I had to guess, maybe there's somebody in the room that could say something like this, uh, jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. Is that a risk? Any, any, uh, anybody done that before? Yeah, we've got a couple crazies, three, okay. There's a, there's a handful of you guys taking risks. Um, the question I asked the first service was, does somebody make you do it? Um, and so, yeah, it's some, one person says, yeah, I was made to do it, man. Like, I'm not that crazy. Uh, the other one, you're just crazy. It, it's, it's all good. Um, so, so risk, risk taker. How about this? How about hanging from a rock? Hanging from a rock uh, with not very much between you and the ground? Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I always just think that cord, like, man, I, I don't know about that. Um, but hanging from a rock, maybe you thought of something like that. Maybe you thought of something like this. Uh, like a firefighter that every single day takes a risk to go running into a fire, running into a house that is burning, right? Firefighter, they take risks, right? Or maybe this morning you thought of maybe military personnel, somebody that served in the military with this being Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I would like to ask if, if you have served in the military or if you have had a parent serve, or even a spouse serve. Could you stand real quick? We just want to honor you. Up and stand. Yep, thank you. Um, this, this weekend, we do remember, that's the whole point of this, right? We're remembering what people gave for us, right? It's, it's actually a pretty somber weekend, I believe. Should be anyways. Uh, we're remembering those that gave their life for our country. Uh, remember, they gave it for us, right? They, they risked everything uh, for, for you, um, which, is, which is absolutely amazing um, and humbling when you really begin to think about it. Um, I asked my wife the same question a couple weeks ago. I said, babe, what is, what is the, the biggest risk you've ever taken? And uh, she said this. She said, starting a family. Starting a family was the biggest risk. Uh, and then I laughed, just like I did there. Um, somebody in the first service came after her and said, yes, that was mine too. That was the same exact thing I was thinking. Bringing kids into this world uh, is, is definitely, definitely a risk. Um, and then it made me think of this. It made me think of, of uh, my in-laws that uh, when they had a third grader and um, they decided to lay a, an atlas down. Uh, any of the young kids in here know what an atlas is? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a paper version of a map. Okay, like your, your GPS map, right? Uh, Google Earth, 
right, but paper version. Uh, and, and so they laid, they laid this out, and, and they were living in Tyler, Texas, and they decided to see how far they could get away from Tyler, Texas. Uh, so they pinned it out, and they went to Seattle, Washington. And so they uprooted their family, and they lived there for like three years. Uh, that was a risk, right? You're moving away from family, moving away from job even, changing jobs completely. Um, they went with another a couple friends, um, another, another friends that were a couple and had a family. Um, but that was, that was a risk to take. Uh, but what, I asked this question, what is the greatest risk, biggest risk you've ever taken? Um, but the question really then becomes like, what is a risk? Right? What are you talking about, Chad? Like, we all have these ideas, right, of what a risk is. Um, when you Google it, and Google knows everything, right, um, they said that risk involves uncertainty about the effects or implications of an activity connected to, with respects to, uh, human beings and what they value. Uh, so like the idea of like value in health or well-being or or, or wealth, or property, the, the risk, when you, when you look at the overall kind of what is risk, it's this idea of there's this uncertainty of what the outcome may be. Usually we connect a negative right at the end of, of when we're thinking about risk. It's that, it's that undesirable consequence that we have. Um, and so with that in mind, go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn to chapter number 10. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. That's where we're going to be at this morning. We're going to also go to Acts 20 later, and, and so, uh, so just so you know, but we're going to hang out in Matthew 10 for a little bit. Um, so here in this passage, we come to the place where Jesus is actually giving the 12 disciples authority to, to heal people, authority to cast out demons, Authority to, to preach the message uh, that he is giving to them. And, and he, was, he was really given this whole idea of, to the disciples that they were to go to the, to the, uh, to the other Israelites. That he actually got like lost sheep of Israel, basically. Um, the people that are not following or not, not, not following God. And, and he, he's giving them this responsibility to preach the message of the kingdom of God. Is, is what he's doing here in Matthew chapter 10. And then we get to verse 16, because this is what Jesus, he, after he gets done telling them, this is what you're going to be doing, right? You're going to be going out, you're going to be sharing the message of hope, love, peace uh, to, uh, to, to his children. This is what he says in verse 16. He says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So let's stop there really quickly and let's, let's unpack this. Verse 16, Jesus is saying that there is risk involved with what he is calling them to do. Right? Like, th this is risky. This is, like, in, in this day and age in, in Palestine, the wolves here, like, they were the number one enemy of sheep. <laughs> what they would do is they would find that, that lone sheep or they would find that sheep that's kind of wandering off by itself and, and the wolves are, are like following these sheep and trying to find the moment that they can then attack and kill and destroy. Right? And, and this kind of seems backwards to, to most of us, I, I think. Like if you, you begin to think about what Jesus is calling them to do, 
Um, because there's this idea that what Jesus always calls us to do is safe. Like, th- that's a teaching, right? That there, there are people in this world, there's pastors in this world that are teaching that, that as long as you're in the will of God, you are safe. And I think I understand what they're saying, but not everything that we do for Jesus is safe. Jesus here tells the disciples that they are going to be sheep going to the wolves. There's a risk here involved. And he says this up front with his disciples. So, so what are some of these wolves? What, what is something that, that we have to, the disciples specifically, but then what we have to look for or we have to keep in our eyes open and, and kind of watch for these wolves? Let's go and look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of the Father speaking through you. Let me stop there for a minute. So the, fir- the first thing that we see here, one of these wolves that, that Jesus is, is warning his disciples about is the overarching world system that they are going out into. You see, our world system, the system that our world has built up, the institutions that our world has built up, they are against God. They are fighting against him in everything that they can do. They, and, and, and once they have this system that is built up, they stay in that system, and they love their system, right? Because we love what we are a part, and, and really even a step further, like people, they, they love the sin that they are in. And so what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, you're going to go out as sheep into the wolves, and the first thing that you're going you're gonna to encounter is you're going to encounter these different institutes that the world has set up that is going to attack you that is going to falsely accuse you, that is going to accuse you of doing wrong, even though all that you are doing is following the truth of the Word of God. Right? Like, like they, our world is against God. Our world is trying to destroy, trying to kill everything that God is. It's a wolf. It's looking for that sheep so that they can seek it out and kill it and destroy it. What is something else? Look at what Jesus says in verse 21. He says, brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will raise up against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all of my name, or by all for my name's sake. For the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next, for truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. This is, I believe this is talking about like one day Jesus is coming back. And so this idea of like we have to keep on going. We have to keep on going to every town, every area, every city, every country, everywhere that we can, right? And then he goes on in verse 24. He says, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master if they have called the master of the house Beelzebul. 
how much more will they malign those of his household? So, so what is happening here? Jesus, he actually talks about a couple other things that, that they have to look out for. The disciples, as they go into this world, right, they're going into this world, sheep like, like, it's like sheep into like a wolf, like, right, to hang out with the wolves. And, and what, what is happening here? So it's not only the world system, but he actually says in verse 21, he talks about this idea of like a family, like family turning on each other. And now this is something that in my mind, like I really don't understand. Like I grew up in the church. I grew up understanding that, that Jesus was the only way to have a relationship with God. I, I, I grew up with this understanding. And, and, and so there was this, this allowance for me to, to love God, this allowance for me to, to follow him. But that is not true for everyone. So you may know somebody here in, in the United States, maybe, that, that has like been like ostracized by their parents or like kicked out of the family because they, because they love, maybe that's you. Maybe your family has turned their backs on you and they're like, if you're going to follow Jesus, I'm not for, right? Because, because there is going to be men and women, moms and dads, siblings, kids that are going to stand up and they're going to say, no, I am not going to follow Jesus. See, I, I have a friend of mine that he, he just went over to a country, into another country, and, uh, and, and he said it was almost like every other person that he talked to said that they had been kicked out of their house some of them had been beaten. Some of them had like, like, almost like beaten to death, all because they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. See, that's not something that we have to worry about here most of the time, right? But what Jesus says, that it's coming. Jesus says there's going to be a day, right, that your family's going to turn on you like a wolf. They're going to seek to destroy and to kill. And then he goes on, the latter part of these verses uh, even in verse 24, it talks about this, this idea that um, it's, it's really this, this overall, like, spiritual warfare that is happening, that, that Satan wants to destroy everything that God has set up. And even though we may not be able to see it with our eyes, there is a constant battle between good and evil. There's a constant battle that's going on. And what Satan would love nothing more to do is to, do, is, is to catch us, and, and try to kill us, and try to destroy us if we are following Christ. Because he fights against God in everything that he does. This is a wolf that is seeking whom he may devour, right? There, there's, there's another part in this, we're not going to read the verses, but, but in between verses 26 and 33, um, Jesus actually goes on to tell the disciples to encourage them that even though we have these wolves that are trying to devour you, they cannot take your life. Like they cannot take your spiritual life. They may be able to take your physical body, your physical life, but they cannot take your spiritual life. They can't. They don't have the power to do that. So there's some encouragement in that, that, that even though they are going to risk everything that they have, and Jesus is saying that it is going to be risky, you have to continue to embrace that risk. To continue to step out in faith and do what God is asking you and calling you to do. If you had any doubts at all um, that what Jesus is calling us to do is, is not risky, then look down at verse 38. Look, 38, Matthew 10, Jesus says this, And whoever does not take his cross 
and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So what is Jesus saying here? Jesus is calling the disciples to pick up their cross every single day, to pick up their cross and to submit to him, to surrender to God. It's this idea that we're putting aside all of our wants, all of our desires, all of our need, whatever it is that we have in our mind and our flesh that we want. We're putting that all aside and we're picking up the cross and we're following Jesus. This is risky. Now, it's not like picking up like a literal cross, right? Like, like we understand this is, this is a picture here, what Jesus is talking about. And I think it's amazing because what Jesus is doing here is he's actually pointing to the cross where one day he is going to give his life. That hasn't happened yet here in this passage. But what Jesus does is he says, you need to pick up your cross. They knew what that meant. They knew that was going to be suffering. They knew that there was going to be pain involved. And he's saying, pick up your cross and carry it. Surrender yourself to God and what he is asking you to do. I think this is such an amazing picture because what we have in the cross is God's love for us. You see, God The creator of this universe, he loves every single one of you so much that he desires to have a personal relationship with you. Every single last one of you. See, there's this thing called sin. Sin has separated us away from God. And there's nothing that we can do to fix our sin problem. It's not because, it's not coming to church, it's not reading your Bible, it's not giving money, it's not helping the poor, it's not doing all these different things. It's none of those things. There's only one way that you can have a relationship with God, and that is by trusting in Jesus Christ alone. You see, God sent his one and only son, Jesus, into this world to live and to die. Jesus was humiliated. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was spit on. And then he was hung on his cross to die for you and for me. Jesus was taken off the cross. He's put into an empty tomb. And then the Bible says that three days later, Jesus Christ came back to life, proving that he has power not only over death and sin, but over life as well. That's why Jesus can say in John 10.10 that I have come to give you life and to give you more abundant life. Satan wants to destroy us. He wants to kill. That's the first part of that verse. The thief comes to kill, to steal and destroy but Jesus came to give us life and the only way that we can have life is if we put our faith in him alone Romans 10 9 says that if I believe in my heart I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead and I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus then I will be saved see anyone who puts their trust in Christ alone will be saved they will have life and that life starts now and it lasts forever it lasts forever see Jesus is calling his disciples to a a risky life to follow him is risky to follow him every single day there is risk involved stepping out in faith following him saying the things that standing up for truth whatever it is right Like, like there is something that God is calling you to do today that has risk behind it question that I oftentimes ask myself is this, is, is if God is calling me to risk something, like, like how can I not take every risk to live for him? 
how can I not take every risk that there is to reach those that he has placed in my life to share the gospel with? Because that's ultimately what they're doing here, right? The disciples are going out to share the message that Jesus has them to share, and that is the message of hope. That is the message of love. That is the message of the gospel. One, one, of, my favorite, um, one of my favorite people in the Bible is, is Paul, the apostle. And, and um, he's absolutely just encouraging, but he's so challenging. Like, there's so many words that he has that, like, it just hits me right to the heart. And so I want you to now take, take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. See, Jesus has has already lived, and he has already died, and he's already come back to life here on earth. And, and when he does that, before he ascends into heaven, what Jesus does is what we have written down for us in a couple of places, in Matthew chapter 28 and Acts chapter 1, what we have is we have what we call like the great commission or, or, or the great calling, right? Um, it, it's the cause that what Jesus is calling us all to, and that is to, to go to be witnesses of him everywhere we go, right? It's that, it's that call to go and to share the message of the gospel to all those that we come in contact with. And in Acts chapter 20, what we do is we actually find Paul doing just that. See, the, the apostle Paul wasn't always a follower of Jesus Christ. He, he actually used to persecute believers. And, and, and one day, as Paul went on his journey... He came to Christ. Christ showed himself to Paul, and Paul was dramatically changed with the gospel. And from that moment on, Paul began to live for God, risking everything that he had. And so what we find here in Acts chapter 20 is we actually come to this place um, in, in, this, in this letter where we are learning about Paul going out and, um, and being a part of, of sharing the gospel but following what he believes that Christ has called him to do, to share the gospel, to share the truth to all that he encountered. See, I look at this um, in, in light of, of where we are now in 2023, and, and if you have a relationship with God, what he has called you to do. See, we are called to, to go out and share this truth. Right? To share the truth of the message of the, of the gospel. To share the truth how the gospel has changed our lives. See, I heard somebody say recently that, um, that what I truly believe will impact how I truly live. What I truly believe will impact how I truly live. So if I truly believe the words of this book... If I truly believe that Jesus died and came back to life, if I truly believe that he has called me to live a life of salt and light in this world, to share the gospel, right? If I truly believe that, am I following that risk to do so? Um, for this, I want, I want to ask a handful of people to come on stage because I have, a, have an idea. That hopefully this will help you to see what I'm talking about. Um, I need to get uh, the keys. Could the key? Could you guys come up here real quick, please? Uh, I need to get uh, two. Can I? Can I get your help? Just up on stage. What? What is your name? Braxton. Braxton. Come on, Braxton. Brett. Can I get your help? He's like, why'd you just call on me, Chad? Um, I could see it all over your face, man. Okay, 
Um, so, Keith, can you stand right here for me, please? Uh, Braxton, can you come over here? Come over here. Uh, Brett, I'll let you stand on this side of Braxton. So, Braxton, you be there. Okay. And then I also need, I need, I need a girl. A girl. Um, I'll, just call, uh, I'll just call on somebody unless somebody volunteers. I don't, it doesn't matter. Just a girl. Yeah, Lo, okay, go ahead. No, yeah, because Logan's going to hate me if I call her up here. So, so go ahead, Allison. Come on. Okay. Logan's like, thank you so much. Okay, so, so there, there's this word, uh, this Greek word that is oikos. Go ahead and throw that up on the screen. It's called oikos. Everybody say oikos. Yeah, it's also a, a, a Greek yogurt, okay? That's not what, that's not what this is, I promise, okay? This is a, it's a real Greek word, and the idea behind this is, is like family. It's, but it's more than just like close family, like blood-related family. It's, it's more broader than that. It's like, like this household of, of all of the different circles that you, that you are connected to. Okay, so what do I mean by that? So like, like I have my oikos. If my oikos is here, uh, like if, if I'm in the center of it, I have an oikos. It's a church oikos, right? So then everybody that I go to church with, like it's a circle that I have. If I go to a Lowe's Foods, I go there regularly, the same, same Lowe's Foods or the same food, uh, food line or whatever, right? Like I have this circle, right? That, that I see people, uh, same people. Sometimes they're new people, but, but oftentimes they're the same people. I, I have a family. I have a family circle. I have a, um, I have a, 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 church, a, a, a school circle. Like when I grew up, I, I went to elementary, I went to high school, right? So like there's a circle of influence there. What, what I'm trying to say is this, is we have all these different circles, uh, that, we, that we connect with in a, in a re, on a regular basis. And what we are called to do is to impact those circles on a regular basis. Um, let me tell you what I'm talking about. Uh, so Braxton, uh, so all these people, are, you represent somebody in my life, okay? So Braxton, come over here real quick. Braxton represents uh, my friend Marcus. <clears throat> Marcus and I, we went to elementary school. We went to high school together. We played baseball together. We did all kinds of, slept over at each other's houses, all this kind of stuff, right? So Marcus, um, I have shared the gospel with Marcus before. I've uh, shared the gospel several times with Marcus before. I've, stu- I've stepped out. I've risked our friendship. Um, and Marcus still is, is an unbeliever. He still doesn't trust Christ. He still hasn't trusted Christ. He still lives um, in, in sin. He's still you know, away from God, whatever, right? Okay, so Marcus. Uh, Brett, uh, you're, you're another friend of mine that I grew up with. Um, I actually played baseball his name was Chad, but we called him Chappie, okay, so Chappie. Uh, Chappie, we, we did every, like, we did a lot together. Uh, we were on baseball team together. Again, like, he slept at my house, I slept at his house. Like, we, we, our families grew up, and we did things together. Like, it was just a really close, close friendship. Uh, I never shared Christ with Chappie. I never have to this day. Um, one of the reasons I never have to this day is because when Chappie was about 24 years old, um, he, actually, he actually died of alcohol poisoning. 24 years old. Um, one of my best friends growing up, and, and, I, and I, never, I, I never shared the love of God with Chappie. There are moments that God brings that to my mind. It's like, you missed an opportunity. Right? It, it's not my opportunity, it, it's not my responsibility to save him, but it is my responsibility to share. Right? We share, we take risks. Um, the keys this morning, you are actually representing my neighbors, uh, Tim and Barbara. Uh, they have a couple of girls. Both of them are out of the house. One of them just got married. Uh, I, I'm friends with friends with them, right, because they're my neighbors. Um, they're in my circle. Um, I, to this day, I, I still have yet to have the courage 
to step out and to, to risk what I have with them to share the gospel with them. I, I know that they, neither one of them, I know that neither one of them have a relationship with God. I do, I do nice things for them, right? Like I, I've cooked them a Boston butt before. I've, you know, I've, I've smoked it. I've, I've uh, taken other things. To, I, we've washed our cats here in the last couple of weeks. Like, like there's things that we do, but, but to take that risk to share my faith, I still have yet to do that. Um, and then Allison, you, you represent um, actually a, a girl that I don't know her name. Um, because about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, um, I was walking into Lowe's Food, and there was this young girl that was outside. She's about 19, 20 years old, and she was asking for money. <clears throat> and, um, and I gave her about that much time, right? Like, I had an agenda. I, I had to get in. I had to get, my, I had to get food for the family. I had to get home because we were going to cook the food to eat the food, right? Like, I had all these different things. And I, as I passed by her, she asked me if I had any money, and I said, no, I'm sorry, I don't. And that was all. I went inside. And, and the bad thing is this, is that um, as I was leaving, what did the Holy Spirit do? He's like, knock, 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 knock. Chad, what are you doing? Chad, what are you doing? You have an opportunity right here. Why are you? I got in my car all the way home. Knock, 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 knock. Why aren't you talking? Why aren't you? Why did you not talk to this girl? Why did you not talk to this girl? Why? Even if she's a believer, I have no idea. And to this day, I still have no idea. Because I did not take the time to step out to try to influence my oikos. The circle of influence that God placed me in in that day. Right? We all have oikos. We all have circles of influences in our lives. Okay, thank you all so much. Y'all go sit down. Y'all give them a See, uh, if, I, if I truly believe it, it will impact the way that I live my life. Right, that just rings in my head like so, so often. If I truly believe it, it's going to impact the way that I live my life. So Paul, living his life out, following Jesus, the very best that he could. Here we find him in Acts chapter 20. He comes to this new town, and, and his, some of his friends come to him, and they're like, Paul, if you continue on to Jerusalem, you're going to be arrested or maybe worse. See, Paul had already experienced the beatings. Paul had already experienced being thrown into prison. All because he was standing up for the truth of Jesus Christ. And, and look at what Paul says in, in to response to their pleading for him to not go. And look at verse 22. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. The Word of God says this, And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, 
if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul here, in these words, he is saying he does not consider his life his own life. He says, the point of my life is the gospel. And nothing can change the course that I'm on. It was the greatest privilege for him, the greatest joy for him, to carry out the ministry that God had given to him. To testify about Jesus. To tell everybody that he came in contact with about how God loves them. See, following Christ is always risky. But it is also always worth it. This student that I'm going to throw up on the screen, his name's Elijah Beatty. He was a, a normal teenager. Um, didn't have, like, I say normal, like that's a thing, whatever, right? Like, he just had a normal life. Like, it was just, he, he, had, a, he had a relationship with God, but it was just kind of there. Like, he would read his Bible. He would um, go to church and do kind of all these different things. And, and he just kind of was there, right? He was just living his life. And, until one day, his, his brother, his older brother, um, asked him, so when are you going to get serious with Jesus? It's kind of a, a question that he wasn't expecting. So they had this conversation, and then Elijah, what, what he did was he, he, he told God that night, he, he said that, that I'm going to go ahead and step out in faith. And so he, he was invited on a mission trip um, to San Francisco uh, with his church. He went to San Francisco and, and uh, had an amazing time sharing the gospel and, and serving God there in San Francisco with his church. And um, and, and when he got back from that trip um, in 2021, he, he felt God was laying on his heart to go to Africa. Um, but, but not just any Africa. He wanted to go to, like, the bush of Africa, like, like where it was going to be really hard. Like, no, gospel's never been heard before, and he, he wanted to go there to, uh, to serve. And so this, this opportunity opened up to go to the bush in Africa, and, and so he was planning on going. And it was, like, a couple of days before the trip actually happened, the trip got canceled because the airlines went on strike, and it was just super crazy. It was this weird, like, uh, cr- crazy series of events. And, um, and so then Elijah couldn't go to Africa, but the guy that was leading the trip found uh, last minute another way to go to Peru. And so they went to Peru. And, and again, like, they, they served Jesus. They told people about him. They shared the gospel. Uh, I, think that, I think that trip, there was over, like, 2,000 people that got to hear the gospel for the very, very first time. Um, and, and it was just, it was just good. It was really good. Um, and so when they get back from this trip, um, then what happened was he got a phone call that said that the Africa trip has opened back up. It's going to be a little bit later, but it's opened back up. And so, so he uh, told his mom about it and said, I really want to go on this trip. And, and she said, that's fine. So, so he was planning the trip out. And it was a couple weeks before the trip happened, um, his mom and his brother, um, they both came to him at different times and said, Elijah, I don't have a good feeling about this. I don't know what, I don't know what it is. I just don't have a good feeling about this trip. Like, like I think like his mom actually had like, like dreams of him not coming back from Africa. Uh, and so she was like, she told him, she's like, I just really think something bad is going to happen. Like, please do not go on this trip. And, and Elijah went back and forth and was like, Mom, this is what I've been called to do. This, this, is, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I, I believe that God has called me to go to Africa, and so I am going to, to do that. 
And so um, on September 13th, uh, 2022, so last year, uh, Elijah being, being, um, being 19 years old, uh, him and 11 other men from six different states flew to Sierra Leone, Africa. Um, Elijah's desire to share the gospel in Africa was, was finally seen, right? So they went to these different, these different communities. Um, they had to, like, trek through water and uh, through the jungle. Like, it was just crazy. Like, all this, this craziness, the, the stories that he told of, of, of how God used them despite all the circumstances that was going on. Uh, even though it was difficult, it was still worth it, right? And, and so, um, so they, they, they do this trip. They said that there was over 1,700 people that heard the gospel for the very, very first time. And there was over 500 people that came to Christ during this trip. Absolutely amazing. God, God blessed, right? It was super, super cool. So Elijah came back from Africa, and um, he was a student at, uh, at the, Bible, the Word of Life Bible Institute. And, um, and so being a student at the Word of Life Bible Institute, he, um, he got, he, like a couple weeks after he got back, he got sick. And, um, and, and during that time, like, they just kind of wrote it off as, as, well, you're eating, you know, school food, like, there's probably something else going on, like, you're tired, you're worn out, like, you just need to rest. So this went on for about a week, and, and, then, um, and then one day, Elijah's other brother, he, he actually came into where he was staying, and he found him just, like, super lethargic. And so they, were, and so they just said, hey, we need to get Elijah to the hospital, don't know what's going on, this, things aren't getting better, Right? So they get to the hospital, and they find out um, after being in the hospital for a little while that, that uh, Elijah had contracted malaria while he was in Africa, and, um, or it may have even been Peru. Like, they don't know. Like, it just, the, 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 the events were back-to-back. And so um, um, things went downhill really fast with Elijah, and uh, Elijah ended up passing away. Uh, his mom tells a story how she remembers that conversation before he left. That he said, Mom, even if I die, it is worth it. See, the risks that that God lays before us, they are risky. But it is always worth it to follow Jesus. Always worth it to follow Jesus. See, I can't tell you what the risk is that that God is laying before you to do. I do know this, that if you have a relationship with Jesus, that that there is every single day, there there is opportunities for us to share our faith. I know that. But other than that, like, I, I don't know what God is calling you to risk. It may be going to that cubicle next to you at work. Or going to that lunch table across you know, at school, or or maybe going to the next door neighbor, or to that family member that still doesn't know Jesus, that keeps on rejecting, and keeps on rejecting. It may be that God has called you to go to the mission field. Are you willing to risk it all? That's what that's what He's calling us to do. He's calling us to risk everything. When he is leading us. Right? So the question that I have for you this morning and for myself this morning is, am I, are you willing to embrace the risk? To risk it all. 
for Jesus. Let me ask you to do this this morning. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Um, we don't do this a whole lot um, in, in this service, and that's okay. But, um, but what I would like to do is I just want to pray for you. Um, specifically pray for you. If, if there is somebody in this room right now that, that you would say that you do not have a relationship with God, Say, Chad, I, maybe I've even grown up in church my entire life, but I've never truly put my trust in Christ alone. I, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to come like tap on you. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just, I just want to see your hand. If you have never placed your faith and trust in Christ alone, will you just lift your hand up real quick? I want to pray for you. That's all. I'm going to pray for you. Here in a moment, we actually will have an opportunity for you to, to, to come forward if you would like to and say, I want to accept Jesus. Like I've already shared the gospel with you. God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. To pay for the penalty of your sin. All we have to do is trust him. Best we know how, we trust him. Maybe this morning you would say, Chad, um, God has placed something on my heart that I need to risk. I need to step out in faith and I need to risk moving forward in faith, following him. If, if that is you, could you just raise your hand? Just look your hand up and say, there's something that I have. Thank you so much. Praise God. Praise God. Yes, good. I'm going to pray for you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Maybe you would say this morning, Chad, um, Right now, the best way I know how, I am risking it all. I'm risking everything. Maybe it's I, I quit my job so that I could pursue something else for God, or maybe it's, uh, it, it, it is going out of your way to share your story with others, the gospel with others. And you would say, Chad, this morning, I am risking it all. Can, can you just lift your hand real quick? I just want to pray for you again. No, Good. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. In just a moment, I'm going to pray, and, and, and I'm going to ask you, man, if God is dealing with your heart right now, you can, don't leave this church without allowing him to show you and to lead you where it is that he's trying to take you. The altar is going to be open if you want to pray down here. I'm going to actually have Seth up here as well. So it would be Seth and myself up here. If you want somebody to pray with you, we would love to do that. I love how Paul says, he, he says, I'm constrained by the Spirit. What he's saying is, is he's saying like the Spirit has a hold on him. He has to do what God has called him to do. Are you willing to embrace the risk that God's calling you to this morning? Father, we love you. God, you, you are such an amazing God. That doesn't even begin to, to explain how awesome you are. God, you are a rock. You're our salvation. You love us so much. God, I pray that if there's anybody in this room right now that, that is still an unbeliever, God, I pray that right now you would begin to draw them to yourself.
and they'd be saved. God, I pray that you'd give them the courage to stand up and to say something to somebody before they leave. Just simply say, you know what, I, I don't think that I have a relationship with Jesus, but I want to know how. God, I pray for those that raised their hand that said, you know what, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, but, but, but there is something that he is calling me to do that is risky. God, I pray that you'd give them the strength. I pray that you'd give them the courage. I pray that you would help them, God, to follow through, to pick up their cross and to follow you, wherever that may be. And God, I just want to thank you for those that were they were honest, that said that, you know what, I, I am doing the very best that I can to risk everything. God, I pray you would continue to be with them. Continue to show them yourself. Continue to give them your strength. God, watch over them. Because they are going into a den of wolves, really. God, help us all this week to be so in tune with you and what you're doing, what you want to do in our lives, God, that we would follow you wherever, despite the risk. God, we do love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would go ahead and stand up. Again, I said that Seth's down here. I'm going to be down here as well. Um, if you would like to have somebody pray with you or just talk to somebody, uh, we will be down here. The altar is open as well. And then you can also, you can deal with God right in your seat as well. So um, nothing magical happens down here. It's just an opportunity for you to, to, to step out in faith. Okay? Let's sing the song. The splendor of